Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, everyone. I'm Kim Bloomer, one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, your other host. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about Animal Acupressure with Tall Grass Institute. And they are so well-known in the world of animal acupressure, and I think just in the world of natural animal health, don't Mm -hmm. you, Jeannie? Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, we before we get to talking with these uh, wonderful women, that is Amy Snow and Nancy Zadonis, they're also published authors and have several books um, out on dog, horse, and cat, um, and a whole lot of other things that we have to talk about today. They also have a special, special message to share that Jeannie and I feel really privileged to be sharing here. <laughs> um, but before we do, we're going to hear from one of our radio partners, and we'll be right back after this message. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Flight 291 is now boarding. All passengers, please proceed to gate 4. And who's this traveling with us today? This is Bailey. She's never flown Midwest Airlines before. Hi, Bailey. (coughs) She'll be fine. We take special care of our traveling pets. In fact, our premier pet program was created by an employee and dog lover who believes that pets should be handled as precious cargo. And they are. Oh, and they earn travel rewards, too. Oh, good. Thanks for flying Midwest Airlines, Bailey. Enjoy your flight. (coughs) Visit MidwestAirlines.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back 
but our nature walk has just begun. Now back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, Jeannie and I are happy to be speaking today with uh, Nancy Zidonis and Amy Snow of Tallgrass Institute, a.k.a. Animal Acupressure. (laughs) And uh, so welcome, Amy and Nancy. We're really, really happy to have you guys back with us today. Thank you. It's really nice to be here. Well, you guys have been really busy, haven't you? Extremely busy, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a good thing. It 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 sure is, yes. Well, you know, why don't you guys give our audience, just for the sake of recapping, because you were one of our very first guests on Animal Talk Naturally um, when we started, so why don't you give them um, your background and tell them exactly what you do? You could start either one of you. Okay, I'm Amy Snow, and I've been involved with um, alternative medicine and mainly with uh, traditional Chinese medicine since 1976, a long time ago. Um, started working with animals when I met Nancy Zidonis 10 years ago, and we have built Tallgrass Animal Acupressure Institute, along with writing three uh, books directed at equine, canine, and feline acupressure. And now we have DVDs and charts and train and teach in uh, all over the United States. We have new instructors coming up and other instructors in Canada, United, uh, United Kingdom, and Australia. So yes, we've been busy over the past 10 years. You're absolutely right. Um, and we have continued to try to expand which is part of our announcement in a few minutes. But oh, I'll good. <laughs> and Nancy, Nancy? Needs to introduce herself. Nancy. Hi, I'm Nancy Zidanis, and I've been working with animals and acupressure for, it's embarrassing, but it's getting on to 20 years now. Um, and it's just really wonderful to see the growth and in the field, uh, in, in the industry, actually. We... Um, we, we've just seen such a phenomenal growth, I'd say, in the past two years. Mm-hmm. It really seems to have taken off in terms of the interest and the awareness, which is really what's critical to, mm-hmm. to us and to the animals, is people becoming much more aware of how they're treating their animals, how they're working with their animals, how they're feeding their animals. And it's just it's wonderful to be a part of this great industry. Do you guys feel that because uh, that more and more people are seeking natural health and natural modalities to uh, enhance the lives of their animals? Absolutely. Uh, we see that on a regular basis. I had a call just yesterday afternoon from a woman in uh, Michigan who had taken her cat in for um, just a routine checkup, and there were some kidney issues, and the vet she was working with said, well, here are some better foods and, and some different activities that you can do with your cat, and I've heard of these people. There's their website. I would give them a call as well. They do wow. pressure. Maybe they can help you out. So there's a lot of, of um, referrals that are now coming directly to us from veterinarians and many of our students are now saying um, I've already I'm working with my my veterinarian already and they're sending me to this school because they want me to improve the skills that I have Um, so we're, we're definitely seeing more vets becoming open to acupressure and other alternative modalities and and there certainly are or complimentary there certainly are those who aren't there yet but it's so encouraging to see 
and to hear from the ones who are getting there and, and, and who are really promoting the work that we, um, we do and others do as well. Well, maybe even if they don't necessarily quite see it yet, and I think part of that goes to training. We've talked with other veterinarians who say they're just, you know, maybe not ready to let go of some of the hardcore training that they had. It's kind of an unlearning. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that because they see their clients come back with results from your work, that encourages them to, you know, really let go maybe of some of their learning and unlearn so that they can relearn what you guys are doing and work together with you. And I think that's real important that you guys are really kind of setting the example for that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the exciting thing is that everybody's starting to see the benefit of it and recognizing that drugs just go far, so far. They can't, Mm -hmm. you know, we really deal with some of the chronic issues and a lot of what Mm -hmm. we do does deal with the chronic issues. And it also is preventive. I think that's the new wave that we're going to see, not just that it's complementary and moving in and having a uh, more integrated approach between Western and Eastern approaches, but Mm -hmm. I think we're also seeing that people realize how important the preventive aspect right. is through different sort of more gentler methods. So Do you guys get the opportunity when you're working with somebody that has been referred to you by a vet and you're working on a chronic case, do you get the opportunity to share about preventative health? Yes. Yeah. That, that's we're great. also finding that our graduates from our program are heading up the complementary therapy programs in the vet offices. We have quite a few people. You're kidding me. No, that's what they're doing. They're heading it up so that the vets can do the vet thing and the massage massage people and the naturopaths and the acupressure acupressure people are doing what they do. That is what we want to see, you guys. And you guys have been so pivotal Well, we're seeing a lot of our graduates, and then they come back. Okay, but they're your graduates that you guys stepped out to start this and then encourage this this complementary medicine that we're hoping to see. Yeah. And we're talking about states like um, South Dakota, Texas, Michigan, Ohio. So there's Was- and Washington, Washington State, uh, um, Florida. Florida. Thank wow. you. Yeah. So it's just in California we we have one woman there who who her vet sent her to school here to to, to work just with the cats in acupressure. That is so wow. it is definitely taking hold and, and um, you know, I, I, I just want to speak that because it puts it out into the universe and it creates more of that happening and just that overall awareness. I was going to say, Nancy, that right. what, what they see, probably what the vets will see then is an enhanced practice. And I think there was a fear base before mm-hmm. in that, well, they're going to take our practice away when it, what they're discovering. And I hope that they'll really, really start seeing this, that the whole goal is for us to work integratively together and complement each other's work. And that was enhance the lives of the animals and give um, their give the, the owners the best possible care for their pets. And, and their, their practice will actually grow their and gro- not their decline. Their practice will grow, right. Yes. Yeah, and I think when they become sort of more like a health center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's interesting is that in China, people have a choice of both approaches and they do integrate it. Wow. You know, there's certain things when they're extreme measures, absolutely, we right. all need it. You know, Heroics and emergency, right, and diagnostics. Right. I wouldn't have my dog Oak unless his hips had been uh, rebuilt, frankly, right. when he was 11 months old, and uh, he's now 
12, month, 12 years old, and he's still jump, not quite jumping in the car, but we're get, we, we have a little step. Mm-hmm. He still runs and plays and walks every day for a couple of miles. So right. That's like you know, mine. We have a ramp. You know, you adjust as they grow older. Exactly. And as we grow older. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's nice. That's the beauty about acupressure. I mean, it's really just, it's it's a learned technique that you can apply any time. Yeah. Right? That's right. It's available any time. You know, once you know the basics, um, you can apply it. And if you're working with one of our practitioners, for instance, we teach that they need to show the owners specific points that they can be using between sessions to work on their animals because it shouldn't be just us. Everybody can do it. And that's, right. that's the point. We all have the magic just sitting in our hands. Well, you know, I know one woman, and I think you, she mentioned you guys when she was on our show, Lynn Vaughn, she does body work. Mm-hmm. And um, she said that she incorporates some of the acupressure into her massage work. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's really there's really a lot of complementary going on even within the alternative health community. So I mean there's right. a lot you guys can use the aromatherapy together with this. There's so much you can do with acupressure, and it's for my yeah, dog. Yeah, we like the, what we call the multimodal approach. Things shouldn't stand alone. You can do many things at once because one animal is going to respond one way uh, at at a particular time, and maybe they do need the essential oils, you know, mm-hmm. as well to enhance what's happening, the effectiveness of what's happening energetically in their body, uh, and massage as well. We teach at the Bancroft School in Massachusetts. It's a school of massage uh, in Worcester, and we also teach with um, Northwest School of Animal Massage. So we're quite integrated with them as well. That's what this is about. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And one of the big issues, I'm going to take this segue, if I can, at this point. Absolutely. Uh, we noticed, uh, Nancy and I and people at Hawking College, where we also teach, we're adjunct faculty there. It's an animal. They have a very strong animal program, which Nancy will talk about a little more. And in working with them, we realized that we had an opportunity that we needed to begin the process of creating a true national certification examination so that the veterinarians and the public and anybody else actually, us too, feels that they are getting, when someone calls themselves a massage therapist, an animal massage therapist or an animal acupressure therapist of any sort, that if they have this credential, we know that they have met a standard. Mm-hmm. We know that they are responding to uh, professional standards. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we started to work with other massage people from other schools and other acupressure people from other schools and developed this um, national certification examination. We're still in the process. We're not done. <laughs> we wish we were. <laughs> but it seems we've started about a year ago, and we hope by this spring to at least have the equine massage exam and the equine acupressure exam up and running. It'll be administered through Hawking College. Yay, that's they, the good uh, news, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They are an accredited university, actually. 
and they're in, uh, their physical plant is in southern Ohio, uh, south of Columbus, in the Hocking Valley. What's the name of the town? Nelsonville. Nelsonville. And uh, do you want to talk about Hocking yeah, for a minute? Yeah, you're doing good. good. Basically, they had a model already set up uh, having to do with the forest rangers and the mounted police mm. uh, in which they certify and train the mounted police for the forest, forest service. And given that model, we could base a similar activity since they have an equine massage and acupressure program in existence at the university. It's a two-year associate's degree program that they have. Wow. That we've, been, we've been working with Hocking for about nine years now, and we've helped them create the acupressure side of, of the program, mm-hmm. both through online, online courses and through hands-on courses as well. So wow. this is going to be... Uh, and has been a merging of the two modalities of massage and acupressure. And um, the outgrowth of that, the logical outgrowth, would be to create the standards, as Amy has, has talked about. So we're looking now, to have this in place by the late spring, early summer <laughs> of, of this year. This is big And that's for equine, right? That's for equine, and, and we'll, we'll go to small animal um, probably within the next, uh, nine months or so. I love that it's always the equine that sets um, everybody on that path, and I really feel that the horse world is a, is a little bit ahead of the small animals. And uh, when, because horses, and you've talked about some of your stories with horses' response to acupressure, mm-hmm. um, and it just seems like when you see such good response, because the horse people really, I mean, you know, especially those who are showing their horses or whatever, they, they really need the horses to be, they're very concerned about their well-being. So they really look into every kind of thing that they can to help them. And um, we're talking about the good ones, okay? Because <laughs> 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 we know there's some good and bad well, out there. A lot there. of people are coming along. Yeah. yeah. I think, yes. I think putting in one of the... Um, when we were working on, Nancy was involved in a committee that was getting state approval uh, from the legislature. And um, much of what any animal activity is usually under animal husbandry. Mm-hmm. And then there, is, there are committees related to most legislatures related to uh, laws around what you can and cannot do with animals. So in Nancy's work, and are sitting in committees and talking with these people, we realized that they did have a legitimate point. People do need to understand what our scope of practice is, where our area is, and where we end. Mm. You know, what can we not do? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, a, that's, that's extremely important. important. Yeah, to be able is. to say, okay, this is where we end and the veterinary community begins. And this is where they can be most effective in helping animals. But you know what that sounds like, Amy, to me? It sounds like you're building a bridge, which is was really that's the better way to go, in my opinion. Humble but accurate. <laughs> well, it's the logical next step. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the step that had to take place. And one of the things that needs to be in place is having a little more rigorous pathology courses for the hands-on uh, therapy areas. And I think that's 
once the uh, pathology course is in place, it'll be far more meaningful because we need to know what are we looking at. Right. You know, just to see is, you know, when do we make sure that we do not put our hands on these animals. Right. At this time, we need to send them to the vet. You know, we've mm-hmm. got to have the information, and we would prefer to have a referral. And, you know, at and, this point, we don't want it to be adversarial in the least. Well, and the other, the other important thing to know is that it's better, we looked at it and, and, and thought it's much better if people from the acupressure and the massage community um, come together and create standards rather than having those standards imposed on us by outside groups, um, such as the veterinarians, um, or, or other more medically oriented groups. Um, so we're, we're extremely excited about this. We see it as a um, creating a, a real valid career path for people. Sounds like mm-hmm. a precedent, actually, for um, other people to model uh, so that we don't have to wait until we're set upon but instead you guys are being very proactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's an important part of what we're doing is realizing that the future, uh, you know, of all of these professions depends on how we present ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's a very litigious world out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't blame veterinarians for saying, hey, uh, this could be very, this is, creates a liability for me. But if we can set it up in which we can have standards that we're creating, and I don't think what we're doing right now is absolutely the end all. It is a start. We have to start somewhere as a group. And we have to come together, as Nancy said, and I think that's the important part, is to say, okay, this is our, we're creating a profession. Mm-hmm. We're creating a place where people can help animals in a legitimate way that will, you know, it offers a benefit to the animal community, to the animal it owner. Does. And so we now have a creating a career path. Now, Hawking College, frankly, has been involved with creating career paths, especially for horse-oriented young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many, many years. How long? About 40 years. About 40 years. Wow, that long. So working with them, frankly, just by virtue of working with them, we have a legitimacy built in. Yeah, yeah you do. Well, you guys are like trailblazing pioneers, though, <laughs> in a way that's showing how we can do it positively mm-hmm. instead of at constant odds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for that. We need to, we need to just look at that and smile and keep going. I'm going to be honest. That exactly. don't, you, you can't let those roadblocks, the, the obstacles, uh, and I can think of thousands of obstacles. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to also say that this first round of exam will have limited legal defensibleness, or whatever the word would be. Mm. It's, it's, it will be limited. Mm-hmm. But you have to, the point is, as we said earlier, you have to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, and once we create the standard, not have it imposed upon us, mm-hmm. start developing, I think more people will come together and it'll, be, it'll increase in its value. Definitely. 
And that's once we, you know, it's almost like the good housekeeping seal of approval. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not necessarily a legal defensible thing. Mm. Good housekeeping, this is a very similar beginning. Right. Uh, it doesn't say that every one of its app products are absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. But it does say it has met a standard. Exactly. I really Good like point. what you guys are doing, and I like oh, the way you're yes. explaining it, Amy and Nancy, because yeah. it, uh, we hope, um, and, and I'm sure just from listening to you guys, that the hope is that others will listen and embrace, and this is a way that we can build the bridges that we've all we've talked about. And we know what thoughts do. You guys have put thoughts out there and then taken the action behind it to see this happen. And it doesn't mean that there isn't work involved. There's going to be work involved for us to all. But the idea is to bring together the best possible care for what we feel the animals deserve. And in the same time, you guys will be hopefully um, educating the veterinarians on some things they may not be know, know about or be aware of. Exactly. And So I have... No illusions that there isn't going to be resistance. Oh, sure. Both within our profession, believe it or not. And yeah, I believe that. <laughs> and from the exterior. Yeah. You know, I, I can hear it now, but it, it's okay. It's okay because those who do adhere and those do understand what we're doing at a deeper, you know, at a, a true understanding of what we're doing will make it, will all make it happen. Well, anybody who's worked and studied under you, too, or been involved with you guys would know that where your real heart lies is really very noble. And, and uh, I just think that you're just, you're just you're, you're blazing that path and showing people how it can be done and how we can work together. I mean, that's mine and Jeannie's heart. Um, people might wonder why, you know, what we talk about natural health and we bring so many veterinarians on. Part of it is just to show exactly what you guys are doing in our own way. And mm-hmm. I think it's just real important to show how we can work together and how we complement each other and how it brings together the best health care for our animals. I just don't think that the fighting and the strife has gotten us very far. No. It wastes time. It wastes energy. I don't want to play, I don't want to play in that arena. Or politics right. anymore. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, and I know there's going to be objections. I know there's going to be stuff. And that's okay. Right. Is what it is. Part of, the, part of, I think, the beauty of the way it's set up is it doesn't exclude anyone. Right. Um, we've, we've made it an inclusive, and that's always mm-hmm. been our, our goal. Um, so we're, we're not putting limitations on you have to go to this school or that school. Right. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm real hopeful that, that people will look at that and go, okay, wow, this is, this is really going to bring our whole profession and themselves um, along on, on a rising curve. Mm-hmm. Um, and holding ourselves yeah. to a higher standard as well, Amy yeah. and Nancy. I mean, because I, I do think that sometimes it gets diluted mm-hmm. and um, isn't 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 there's just there does need to be a standard I think and it's a tough it's a tough situation for I know for you guys to be talking about this and sharing it but it's so important I've been resistant myself I mean I ended up in natural health because I was frustrated with um, traditional care right but in the journey <laughs> I've learned that the, if we could all work together in a complementary, integrative situation, it would be ideal. Mm-hmm. 
in a perfect world. <laughs> in a perfect world, but there's got to be people who are willing to go out on a limb like you two are and, exactly. and set the example and, and blaze the path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, like you, nobody's paying us to do this. Right. No, right. This, this, is, this is labor of love, mm-hmm. and it's long-term. We're not giving it up. We're, we're very committed. Okay, but isn't uh, natural health long-term, and isn't education a long-term commitment to... It's a lifetime commitment. It's a, it is. It's a, it's a, you know, we, we talk about legislation versus education you know, a lot, and for us, legislation is a quick fix, kind of like a quick drug. <laughs> Yeah. But, but yeah. natural health and, and this, you know, education is a long-term goal and fix. Right. Just to, you know, make sure that we do understand that the small animal is coming along. We are going to be teaching come August. Uh, we're starting up the acupressure program at Hawking College uh, for dogs specifically, and. That's going to be exciting because then yeah, they're going to be to getting a massage canine program as well. Mm, that is and so good to hear. Once that occurs, we can further develop the examination. Right. Uh, since they are the an accredited body, they need to be teaching and have you know the credentials for the canine. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is it's going to be a work in progress, but aren't all educational programs a work in progress? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no question. Right. I mean, they're constantly having to um, upgrade or maybe change thought in a different direction and so forth. I mean, that is education as we learn and can apply what we learn. So you guys are really setting precedent, I think. Definitely. We hope so, and we hope that other fields, it's not that we're excluding them, we're staying with massage and acupressure at this time, because that's, frankly, what we know. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what Hawking has been involved in for the past many, nine years. In well, let me ask you, Amy and Nancy, are they going to look into, say, eventually, and I know this could be down the road, but looking at nutrition and other modalities? I'm sure they will. This is definitely an evolution, and a revolution of evolution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's moving faster, but it's not. We have to take each step carefully. So, and at a rate in which we're not overstretching our resources. Right. That, that we're I mean, realizing. You guys still have a college of your own to to run. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much you can do. Nancy and I are two people. We have some support staff at this point, which is wonderful, and we have other instructors, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But we're still the driving force behind this at the moment, along with Hawking College, and everybody's resources are stretched to the max right now. And Teresa Gagnon. Yeah, Teresa Gagnon, by the way, at Bancroft, has taken the leadership of the massage side. Mm. She's the head of the Dog on You. Mm-hmm. at Bancroft um, School of Massage mm-hmm. Therapy. Wow. And she's done a phenomenal she job. She has done an outrageously wonderful job. And right we're, now she... We're also working with Tina uh, Romine, who's the director of the Natural Resources Program at Hawking College, and also their veterinarian, um, Bill Harnetti, who's just been a, 
a joy to work with, and, and um, it, that's what's exciting. I know we talked about this a little earlier, but to uh, Bill does um, acupuncture as, as well, and he's just recently taken some additional nutrition and herbal programs. Oh, wow. But it's so wonderful to work with people where you can share ideas and um, create something even better than was there before. So it's, it's, a, it's been a long process and a hard process in many ways, but boy, is it rewarding. I've got my heart beating so hard in my chest. <laughs> Pretty exciting news what you guys are sharing. We're going to take a real short break, and when we come back, I'd like to talk more, um, as our audience is always wanting to learn more, to share, you know, for you guys to just talk a little bit about some of the experiences uh, around, not just in the United States, but in, your, in the other countries that you're seeing, what kind of results you're seeing with the animals and um, and together working as you have been with the veterinarians. And just, just give us some of the stories because, you know, I think even while many may be anecdotal, mm-hmm. that is so exciting to me right. <laughs> to hear that especially. And a lot of our listeners may not, you know, may be new and not really aware of, of acupressure and its benefits. That's okay, right. We look forward so, to that. Okay. Okay, so when we come back, we are going to talk more with Amy Snow and Nancy Zadonis of Tallgrass Institute about acupressure. So we'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello, I'm Kim Bloomer, together with Jeannie Thomason, and today we are speaking with uh, Tallgrass Institute. Nancy Zadonis and Amy Snow are our guests, 
And we are talking about animal acupressure, and we just heard all the great news about the um, pioneering ways of these two wonderful women who are setting what I think is precedent here in um, uh, in the world of natural animal health, and I just think it's really great what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to talk further now about some of the successes that they have experienced using acupressure with animals. And I know you guys work a lot with horses, don't you? Yes, we do. Do you think predominantly it's in the equine world that you work? Uh, you know, it used to be that way. Um, I, when we first started, it was definitely all horses for maybe the first five years. But in the last three years, when we look at our class rosters, invariably it turns out to be about 50-50. Wow. So that's mm. a huge, huge, huge shift for us. It is. Yeah, it's a small it's amount of time, too. It's small yeah. amount of time. Yep. You guys are amazing me, I tell you. Well... You guys always tell some great stories about your work with the animals, and I you know, don't even know where to start, but if you would share with our audience just a little bit about the thought behind what acupressure does in the body, and then share some of those stories with our audience that you've had with um, any animal, equine, canine, feline, whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, acupressure generally is based on traditional Chinese medicine, and the concept of qi is basically very unique to TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, and what if the concept of yin and yang, that's what qi is made up of. Balancing the two yin and the yang to create a balanced form of qi which flows harmoniously through the body in a healthy body. If the yin and yang aspects of qi get thrown off in any shape or form, get blocked, are not flowing in a balanced and harmonious fashion, then the opportunity for illness occurs. In other words, things are waiting in the environment, such as extreme heat or cold or wind wind in particular, dampness. They, They can invade the body. I mean, that's a very sort of basic <laughs> basic look at Chinese medicine. So once the body's immune system is compromised in any shape or form, the, it can be thrown off and, and illness can occur. Um, so that's the concept. Every mammal, every animal, human, dog, cat, horse, this is the same thing. Nothing is, it's not different. The differences are, there are anatomical differences, which is why you do have to get to know uh, the horse body, the anatomy of the horse, the anatomy of the dog, the anatomy of the cat, if you're going to be working on any of them, uh, and understand how they metabolize food and how they function. Well, in traditional Chinese medicine, acupressure and acupuncture don't stand alone. It's part of looking at your exercise level, the foods you're eating, when you're eating them, uh, you know, in, in the spring to be eating certain th- foods as opposed to the fall. Um, so it's a, co- it's a combination of how the human and the animal body basically is functioning within its environment. As a whole. As a whole. Mm-hmm. So when you see an animal, for instance... You know, right now we're coming into spring. 
mm-hmm. people are going to start getting more active. And you go to an agility competition, say, and you see an animal limping. Well, the need to warm up is very clear, but the need also to do a warm-up to get exercise back into the animal's leg and get them retrained to do the kind of strenuous activity of, a, of a, any kind of agility competition or trial. Uh, we can also look at the energy that it takes to make sure that the synovial fluid does reach the joint, that the tendons are flexible enough, that that's the kind of thing that we look at uh, is to help, help enhance the body as you're feeding it properly, as it's getting exercise, as it's getting enough rest. I I remember somebody saying from uh, Europe, the problem with American dogs and animals is that we over-exercise them, and then, which I don't know is absolutely true, but he was just trying to create a distinction, Uh, whereas in Europe, our our animals are under-exercised. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's true either. He was just trying to draw something. Mm-hmm. But we do have to have the balance of rest, quality foods, quality air. You know, the whole environment's responsible for how the dog, the horse, the cat function. Sure. So <clears throat> anywhere in the world, I mean, we hear stories. I, mean, I think Nancy has more stories than I do. I <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites is we were uh, at a class a couple of years ago and we walked in and, to start teaching the class and the woman came up to me and just gave me this a real big hug and she said, you helped save my horse and I'd never met the woman before. <laughs> the, the beauty of acupressure um, and, and it, 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 there's the, the depth of it is amazing as Amy just briefly alluded to, but the simplicity of it is right there as well. Um, the woman came up and said, you literally helped me save my horse. She was colicking. I had my husband go in, call the vet right away. I grabbed your book. I went to the barn. I opened up colic, and as best as I could, these are the points I worked. And by the time the vet got there, the colic had pretty much resolved. Oh, my goodness. So there's just some really heartwarming kinds of stories that you get as, as well, many times, that... Um, just really keep you going. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have something interesting on, on your people, site. People that can relate to their animals on such a different level once they experience how they were able to help them out. Right. Yeah. You have something interesting on your site that, and I know that um, people who share TCM or traditional Chinese medicine will understand this. But I thought this was really interesting and something that you guys might want to share on a little bit. And it's in your winter tip on your website at animalacupressure.com and acupressure with one C. <laughs> yes. A C U P R E S S U R E dot com. It says here, and I'm going to quote from your site it says the organ systems associated with water are kidney and bladder, which are highly involved with body fluids. And this is according to traditional Chinese medicine. So I think our audience may want to look further into TCM just to understand some of that and maybe even a Ayurvedic, right, can help. But it says the kidney in TCM is seen as the root of life since it houses the horse's original essence that is inherited from the parents. So if the dam and sire are thoroughbreds, then the offspring will look and act like a thoroughbred. 
he arrives on Earth with his original thoroughbred essence, which is stored in the kidney. Same is true for dogs and cats. If the bitch and sire are golden retrievers, the puppies will have the attributes of golden retrievers, and the stored physical essence dissipates as the animal ages, and when kidney essence is completely exhausted, the horse, the dog, or whatever will die. During the animal's life, it is his core source of physical strength and endurance. And I thought that was fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are, you know, exciting things to understand. But as I I know, uh, Jeannie, that you um, breed Bostons. Right. Now, there are a lot of irresponsible breeders out there, Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately. And we see the puppy mill puppies. In fact, we just recently was one in the paper that got shut down outside of Denver. Yeah. or we just heard another story about, uh, in Arizona, the hoarding of 800 dogs in a... Right, that was a dog fight. Yeah, yeah double-wide or something yeah. horrible yeah. like that. Anyway, the more you breed the animal, the female, and if she lives in a cage and does not have a quality life, the puppies are not going to be strong and healthy. Right. And we know this in Chinese medicine, and it, it seems obvious that people would understand this. Well, just, uh, just understanding the nature of an animal, <laughs> Amy, just understanding the very nature of what they are would, would tell us that that is not a way, that there's no way they can thrive in a situation like that. Right. Right. And so you have these puppies, and unfortunately, people who go and buy dogs through um, pet shops, mm-hmm. that's what they're getting. They're not exactly. being the responsible breeder who knows how to take care of their animal. They're well-fed. They're well-cared for. They get exercise. They get rest and all the good things of life, mm-hmm. uh, and they have a good time. Uh, they're happy, and they have a pack to relate to, the emotional aspects. That's the other part of Chinese medicine that I want to stress, is that there's a, uh, it involves... Uh, it explains the emotions, and dogs can't live in kennels. Dog can't live in a small thing, you know, a small no. enclosure they need for to eight be hours. Back environment, right? Uh, the amount of exercise a dog really needs, and the interaction and the social activities are just as important as the food you feed them. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's true. I'm too. glad Any you brought that up. Of horses, right? I mean, that's. I mean, horses need to be in their herds and Absolutely. foraging. Yeah, we, need they to, need we need to look to the, the, the nature, the true nature of the animal. That's to, right. And know. I think that's what we're, I, we're helping people as we're teaching, as we're going through understanding that there is a nature of the beast. Yes. The beast, yes. Including well, you guys are so on the same page with us, you can. <laughs> and, we have, we, we're redirecting our show to really focus a lot on not just the health, but on the nature of animals. Because then health will, you know, come naturally well, yeah, once you understand. Healthy. You're right. This morning on, the, on the, I think it was the Today Show, they were interviewing um, several zookeepers, and the zookeepers have kind of finally figured out that um, the animals in, in the zoos need better exercise. Um, they were improving their food, making it more consistent to what they would have found in their own environment. I read that article. I had one 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 thing that I was in such disagreement about was that they didn't want the polar bears to be fat because you know they're they're not working like they do in the wild to survive. Mm-hmm. So they put them on sugar-free jello. Oh, oh no. no. I'm when I thought I said okay, how well, I think that's a real natural uh, food in their environment. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, find it in little ice Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, I, they didn't know that part on TV, and I had been, my first comment was, gee, I'd be embarrassed if I were them. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't thought about this. But it, it is, then in, in Lack hindsight, of education. it is good to see that people 
in, in many different arenas are starting to rethink how yes. to keep our animals. And, 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 right. and I'm glad it's getting to zoos, too. Well, there's yes. books being written, and people are talking about this, and we're going back to, I'm sure, our ancestors just would look at us and go, duh. <laughs> oh, big time, yes. Yeah. And I think that's what Chinese medicine and, and a lot of what we're all doing as, mm-hmm. as a group is getting back to the common sense approach to yes. living. And, exactly, Amy. You know, yeah. once we put in a dog in an unnatural environment or a cat or a horse, we're stressing them. Yes. And that level of stress has to be dealt with in some shape or form, which is why I think some of these the healing arts are coming back to the animals. We're, we're recognizing that, yeah, we have changed the nature of the animal by design, by mm-hmm. human design, mm-hmm. for human design. So, therefore, we have to add back. Yes, right. the natural balance to their lives. Well, you know, I was talking with a lady yesterday, and she was shocked. And this is this is what is I was shocked that she didn't know this, which tells me that I mean we still have a ways to go. But uh, yeah, there are, you guys are making great leaps and bounds. But um, she didn't know that we were using. I mean, she knew about alternative therapies, but she didn't know we were using them so much with animals. And I thought, well, of course, they're living. Beans that have, you know, they, 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 just because we have different metabolic makeup does not mean that they're not, like you said earlier, they're mammals, they have the same basic needs that we do. And they will spawn to the same things. You know, uh, they have their societies that they will thrive within. If we will just model that, what we see in nature, in wild nature, We'd have a much much healthier animals. I also listened to another show where a veterinarian was saying, "Yeah, uh, someone asked uh, the host asked him if if animals were living longer, and he said, "Oh yes." And I thought, "No, they're not. <laughs> they can be if we would just look to nature, like you, like both you and uh, Amy and Nancy are both saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can be. It's uh, even for ourselves. I mean." I think sometimes it's easier to give to an animal than to ourselves and start. It's just a level of consciousness that yeah. reinstating and the education. and educating. You know, it's at times I, I get a kick out of teaching because I'm saying the obvious. Right. <laughs> yeah. I look at people and I say, "Hey, you just paid good money for me to teach you the obvious." <laughs> well, you know, but the, it, we. We have gotten so, and we've talked about this so much, you guys. We've gotten so far away from nature mm-hmm. that we've lost our sight. I mean, kids not knowing that eggs don't come in a carton, and they don't come from a, just a carton at the store. They don't just manifest there. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Orange juice doesn't just happen. It to really be. is amazing, isn't it? It yeah. is. Ah. And so we have to go back to real basics, and while it might be common sense to us and to our audience, it isn't to mm-hmm. mainstream. So my my passion, and I feel that this is yours as well, is that it will be mainstream someday. So while we might be pioneers, it's still got to start somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think you know I, I do talk about Hawking, but one of the and one of the other nice things about Hawking College is we're working with young students, seventeen to twenty years old. Mm. That's great, and it's. So exciting! Oh, I can know. Are they like sponges? I mean, are they ready to? Oh hear my them? gosh, <laughs> they're wonderful. They're oh, absolutely uh, wonderful. It's hard to get out of the classroom. That is great, and it's just really exciting. Yeah. By the way, Nancy and I just returned from Los Angeles, uh, where my nephew was. Uh, he graduated from 
Yosan University, which is a traditional Chinese medicine university mm-hmm. wow. in L.A., and he graduated this Sunday. Uh, so that's exciting. He's only 25 years old. Oh, and I'm going, awesome. oh, golly, you wish I had all this knowledge and <laughs> stuff that he has when I was 25 right. years old. But goodness you know what no trailblazing's going to do. Mm-hmm. You trailblazed, Amy, because now, it, you know, when I, we were just talking, I was on a, a show last week, and she was saying what kind of professions are open to people in the pet, in, in, pet, in the pet industry, and I said, there is so many now. When I was going to school, you pretty much were going to be a dog trainer or a groomer <laughs> or a veterinarian. And, of course, I, you know, I've always, always been drawn to um, the health. Mm-hmm. And, so my choice was a veterinarian, and I went to work in veterinary medicine. And my complete frustration was that I wasn't seeing sick, I wasn't seeing well animals. Mm-hmm. I had always thought of that as a healing profession, and you know, it, partly what you guys are sharing, what you're doing, the work you're doing, and while it may be, it is setting precedents, and it is trailblazing. It is showing us to get back to what it was all meant to be about in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, the key to health is the immune system, as you well know, mm-hmm. and uh, the more we do to balance, to get back to a little Chinese medicine, what I did when you asked that question initially is I went into my computer and I clicked on some of the testimonials that, that I sort of store in my uh, mail program, and reading about, I, while you were talking, I was reading about a couple of two different students who who are now practitioners. Uh, one of them in New Mexico, uh, Melissa Campbell, had, had, you know, an animal that obviously had had a lot of antibiotics and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And where other things had set up surrounding the antibiotic. Right. Anti-life is what that antibiotic means. Yeah, well, <laughs> at times it's necessary. You know, yeah. at times I, I see yeah. at critical times, it yeah. myself in extreme situa- right. situations. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But that's what it was designed for, Amy, was an emergency acute situation. Exactly, exactly. And I totally agree there. But then it sets up other situations. Well, right. that's the beauty of a gentler approach is you bring the body back to balance mm-hmm. so that the body can accommodate it. Because mm. I, I think Western medicine recognizes as well that it's the body that has to do the work. Either the body's there to do to get well and become balanced and healthy again, or it's not. At which point, you know, unfortunately, the animal dies. Come right, right, but. I think in Chinese medicine, there's a humility that goes along being an ancient medicine. Mm-hmm. In that understanding is that it's up to the body that we can do all that we want and all that we can and put our heart and soul into it and love and caring, but it is up to that animal's body to restore mm-hmm. itself and have a strong immune system again. Well, isn't that what Louis Pasteur said, the, the very person who discovered the penicillin? Exactly. He said that the that it wasn't it was not the germ. He said the germ is is nothing. The terrain, everything. The microbe, right. nothing. The the terrain, everything. Meaning right. that it's the body's job, no matter what it's invaded with, or whatever goes out of homeostasis within. That it, it's how supported the body is, how strong it is, or weak. Mm-hmm. The types of things that I think what acupressure and other forms do is that supporting and the balancing 
mm-hmm. and then bringing it back so that the body can heal itself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. once we really, really get that at a core, you know, level, we will even do better work, mm-hmm. you know. And I think as a group, once we really take away some of the, you know, there's being a young science, the Western medicine is a young science, there tends to be that, oh, we can cure this. Mm-hmm. But you can't. I mean, you, no. you can only say that. Yeah. But all you can do is create the environment in which health can take place. There you go. That's a, mm-hmm. I like the way you say that. That's exactly right, Amy. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that um, another student had is a, uh, I'm trying to think of it, a dachshund who had obviously lost innervation to the hindquarter mm-hmm. and uh, was struggling, you know, couldn't walk, was dragging the hind legs. And this is another story. I don't have it up on the computer right now. But um, <clears throat> through acupressure and having energy go through the spinal column in ways so that it's going up and back and trying to, it regenerated enough of the nerve for the animal to be up and running again. Is that right? That is so, awesome. These things do happen. Mm-hmm. This is not oh, yeah. pathology. This is true. Right. Uh, we're not creating a myth. Right. Um, we have other students, one down in Texas, the one I have up right now. She was working at a barn, had been invited by the, an owner of a horse, and was doing the work, and, of course, the horse was showing marked improvement. You know, not magic, but improvement. At which point, the uh, barn manager said, hmm, how would you like to work on this horse? Well, she went ahead and worked on that horse. <laughs> and then suddenly she is working at a lot of the horses in that barn. So, <laughs> because there is improvement. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it is. You don't have to believe in it. It just is. Well, and that's the nice thing about animals is you can't you there is no placebo effect with them because exactly. you know because they they don't have that type of thinking. You know, I mean, I think animals just are so we we're the ones who can reject or accept something that way where they just receive it. Yep. And it's either going to help them or it isn't, but I you know, it's just that's what's so fascinating to me about these um, type of modalities, acupressure being one that we don't, we can do ourselves. You know, I really, I think that's empowering for people. Mm-hmm. They go, of course, they've got to learn. And what you guys are saying is they've got, you know, we, we really do need to learn all about the body and how it works. I mean, we live in these bodies and so do our animals. You would think we'd want to know, don't you? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think it's just really great that the animals will, will just respond. And uh, we have a couple of pictures here. Nancy, you're standing there working on a puppy, I think it is, and on the site. And he's just sitting there letting you. Oh, on puppy. the site. Yeah, the animals, um, cats in particular, um, when they want the work, they'll definitely be there. Because a lot of times people will say, well, I, you know, I, I don't know how you could possibly work on a cat. Um, but when they have an imbalance, they'll, they'll come right up and, and they'll hang out for as much of the, an acupressure treatment as, as they know they need. Mm-hmm. Um, puppies, dogs are, are, are quite interesting, and horses are absolutely amazing. 
um, I often tell the story of my horse, Sarah, who now kind of works her own points. Oh, um, how cool. Yeah, wow. and, and I'll, after a ride and after she cools down, which these days it's not doesn't take her long to cool down because we don't do um, incredible rides any longer. We're pretty... We're pretty um, tame on our ride. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'll get off and then I'll just say, well, show me. So she'll go around and she'll literally take her nose and point, hit her body where she wants acupressure. Aww. And it's, it's really, we actually have a video of it because it's, it's just phenomenal. Oh, my oh, God. That is so great. great. You tap into that and the energy of the animal, how much more they really will show you if you create that environment to be able to hear what they're saying. I love that, you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is that is a really good story. I love hearing things like that. Well, you guys aren't going to believe this. And you thought, a whole hour, and we've run out of time. <laughs> hey. oh. um, I don't know if Jeannie uh, gave you a heads up on this, so I'm just oh, going to throw it out there. But we wonder if you guys would like to share any, leave our audience impressed with any parting words of wisdom that would encourage them. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Encourage them in, in in even looking further into not just acupressure, but into the whole body, the whole animal, the whole nature of animals. Well, I just think that this is an exciting time in our lives that we have an opportunity as as humans to offer great gifts back to the animals who have given us phenomenal gifts. It's our turn. That's what I think very strongly to, I mean, they supply us with so much emotional and even physical well-being. They are gifts of our health. Um, We have to offer it back in, in different shapes and forms, but one of them is acupressure and others massage and others, you know, essential oils. Anything that puts us back and connected to ourselves. I would, I would just say that I think it's a, um, working with animals is really an opportunity to um, learn a lot more about ourselves and open ourselves up to different energies that um, we can become more aware of and use more in our lives. Mm. Thank you guys so much for sharing yeah. those wonderful words of wisdom and for being with us. We invite our audience to visit their website at www.animalacupressure.com. The acupressure is with one C-A-C-U-P-R-E-S-S-U-R-E.com. And uh, tomorrow we have with us Dr. Hugh Basham to share his journey as a veterinarian in natural health. So it's going to go back to back with this show. I thought it was really good. <laughs> anyway, we hope you guys are doing our really learned a lot today and um, help Amy and Nancy to uh, realize this dream and we hope you all have what Jeannie? A tail wagon hoof stomping, wing flapping perfectly animal talking day Pets and Nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.